Yo, yo, yo. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. Thoroughly excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. For this week's episode, I will be sharing a conversation I had with parallel entrepreneur and wealth multiplier, Jeff Badu. There's a good chance you've seen him all over every magazine known to man in the Chicago area nationwide, referring to him as one of the best in the game with creating and most importantly, how to teach, produce an infinite amount of wealth. Today, we talk about a preflow of things all the way back into what makes him tick, how he's able to manifest the life of his dreams, and to be and live in his a true authentic self. Before we kick this up a couple of notches and dive right in, make sure you send us a text message at 843-396-2104. Let us know how you felt about today's episode and stand by for a quick message. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. I hope everyone's ready to talk about some money. We're going to talk about it today. What's up, Jeff? Welcome to the show, my man. Yeah, thanks, Chris. How's it going? Man, you see it, man. Every day is great. Every day is great. As long as you're, long as we're not pushing up daisies, we're good. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know how it is in entrepreneurship. You walk in your office or walk in doing whatever you're doing. You expect the, everything to go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah, mm. You imagine in your mind, and the next thing you know, you get hit in the left field, and you're like, oh, no, here we go. So, <laughs> but I love stuff like this, man. But yeah, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, your come up your story which is phenomenal all the things that you're doing with the in, increasing people's knowledge when it comes to finance and how to create wealth a lot of people i was actually just talking about this the other day where the five stages of wealth and they were like the first one they were thinking financial freedom I'm like no, dude you got a long way to go man we gotta <laughs> we gotta break it off in doses and actually give you more knowledge but i'm really excited man um how would you like to kind of kick this off because there's so much there in your story Mm -hmm. But I guess we can kind of for the, for the most part is explaining just a little bit of overview on who you are, what you're about, and, you know, of course, how you got here. Yeah. So um, just a, a quick, you know, intro. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Jeff Badu, first and foremost. I'm a licensed certified public accountant, CPA for short. I'm a parallel entrepreneur and a wealth multiplier. So essentially, yeah, definitely. Essentially as an overview, right? I run a company called Badu Enterprises LLC, which is a multinational conglomerate in the finance industry. So what we do really is we provide a suite of financial services, including my marquee company, which is Badu Tax Services. And that's the firm that does tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the US. And we also have clients in over 20 countries now um, as well. Then we have another company called Badu Investments, and I call it my, that's my blood basically, because real estate is within my blood. 
Um, so I invest in real estate mainly on the south side of Chicago mm-hmm. and traditionally underserved communities, such, you know, in order to restore those communities, provide them with better housing, better tenant management. And so we invest in apartment buildings over there, we improve them, and, you know, we collect rent in exchange for yes. just giving them better um, tenant management. Then, um, so there's 12 companies total, but the main three are the the tax firm, the real estate investment company, then we also have the Badu Foundation, which is my financial literacy nonprofit, where we provide financial literacy education to the youth ages six to 18, and we teach them on budgeting, saving, investing, and scholarships. You know, so we're teaching these kids about finances and how to build wealth very, very early. And with that, my purpose in life is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. Right. An abundant lifestyle is something that you need to adopt early as you can. I was born and raised in Ghana, which Mm -hmm. is on the west side of Africa. And I essentially growing up in Ghana, Ghana's culture is filled with entrepreneurs. I mean, we're literally filled. Because the thing with Ghana is there's no real government support. So there's no like, you know, section eight or food stamps or anything like that. So you really got to go out and get it. So everybody basically becomes an entrepreneur. So when you're growing up, you're watching these people selling apples, oranges, bread, whatever it is to make ends meet. It's like, you know what? Maybe I could be an entrepreneur too. I mean, you you become what you see, right? Whatever you see tends to be what you become. So for me, I saw entrepreneurship very early and also at the age of five, right? Somebody handed me a candy bar and watching other people sell candy on the street. I said, you know what? I can maybe sell candy too. So when somebody gave me a candy bar, I would thank them first and then I would go out and sell it for a profit. So entrepreneurship came early in my blood and also not to mention my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad is a real estate developer. He got into real estate very, very early. Once he came to the United States, sent money back home, you yeah. know, he was able to start acquiring land at a very, very low price. And then he built um, apartments on top of it. Um, and then also my mom got into real estate as well. And they're both still in real estate to this day because real estate isn't going anywhere anytime. No. <laughs> so much, if, by the time we're dead and gone, brother, it's going to be happening. You know exactly. I mean? <laughs> so much like uh, that's where you don't get. I don't get emotionally attached to anything in life, mm-hmm. you know, cause like I'm even, I'm not even real. Like I'm just an energy field. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm dead and gone, this, this body is going to be re- obviously in a ground somewhere. So exactly. I, you don't get attached to anything. It's all about what you are here to do. And if you're destined to become whatever, then you need to put it into work. And it sounds like mm-hmm. to me that that conditioning when you're younger and what you're exposed to just, put already put fuel on the fire what was already kind of lit from exactly. your you know obviously family which is phenomenal by the way congratulations exactly. on that so because i mean you come from i guess a, you know different parts of the world i get it mm-hmm. you know i was what 17 when i went to the military and i started getting exposed to a lot of other cultures which i think that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me at mm-hmm. a very young age because it kind of took me away from my surroundings in charleston it wasn't like i grew up poor just mm-hmm. grew up in you know middle class you know my mom and dad and Dad had to work two to three jobs because my older sister type of thing and insurance and whatnot. But that I looked at. Remember that bomb? Um, was it 
Kawasaki book. Uh, you talked about Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first books I read when it comes to like actually understanding this. This is years, feel like forever ago. But when mm. I was reading that book, I related like my dad. He's, you know, of course, he trading time for money, but he had to do what he had to do. But if he grew up in the world that he as, as in right now, I guarantee you'd be an entrepreneur. He's just he's really smart and intelligent. But it's just about understanding when it comes to finance. Mm. Once you kind of have an understanding on how this, how like especially when you're looking at, you know, tax liabilities and write-offs mm-hmm. and how to leverage certain things, this is the stuff that I started getting exposed to. I was like, whoa, 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 back up! <laughs> I didn't learn this in school. So, <laughs> like, I then I think that's probably why, obviously, your foundation, you know, yes, of what you're giving back to the, the younger groups, right? So I think that's pretty great. Talk a little bit about that if you can, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, so. Basically, you know, each year I set goals, each year I set a vision of what I want, what I would envision the world to look like. And for me, it's like I didn't really learn financial literacy early, right? I was just exposed. Yes. I just saw things early. Nobody actually held, grabbed me and said, hey, here's how you actually invest in real estate. Here's how you actually save money. Here's how you actually budget. Here's how you apply for scholarships when you get to a certain age. Nobody had ever taught me that. And, you know, no blame, right, to parents or anything like that, because I think they did phenomenal in my right. upbringing and everything like that. So, um, and I always think it's important to throw that out there, you know. But in general, though, I wanted to create something for the youth, something for the kids. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we have a homeless curriculum coming out pretty soon, too. So it's not just going to be for the kids. Oh, that's it's great, man. For different groups of people. Absolutely. But that's great. Yeah, so for now, we're putting the kids in Zoom, in the Zoom room for two hours each Saturday in June. So each June, we have our marquee program, the financial empowerment, a four-week financial empowerment program. We're teaching them on budgeting, something very, very basic that the schools don't teach. Investing, like saving, how do you even save money? Um, And then scholarships. We hand these kids materials such as piggy banks, books such as Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then my books, such as Infinite Expansion, How to Infinitely Expand Your Vision of Abundance. Now, imagine you as a kid reading those books, having those <laughs> materials at your It would have changed everything for me. It would have changed everything. It would have everything. changed everything. You would have had 100 times upper advantage over your peers because they're not learning the same things you're learning, right? But our goal is to touch everybody on the planet. So that way, everybody has that equal advantage. It's just that we're all helping each other. We're all building one, one another. Instead of the violence, the shooting, you know, mm-hmm. selling drugs, whatever it is out on the streets, it's like, man, what if I taught you a legitimate way to make some money? Well, you right. don't have to go out on the street. You don't have to risk your life. And even if your parents didn't become you know, um, wealthy early, you can start building a legacy. Now yes. your name basically becomes the family's name because now you're building that legacy. So we wanted to provide something for the kids. And at the end, if they successfully go through the program, they get a $500 scholarship towards college or towards starting their first business. Man, God bless you, man. I think that's phenomenal. God bless you for that. Because there's a lot of people out there, they think that just because you're a product, I mean, you can't, you don't have to be a, an example of your community of in a, in a negative way if you come from poverty. Mm-hmm. And back in the day when, you know, of course, when, crack and all that stuff back in the 80s when I was growing up. I mean, that's the easiest way to make money. 
Right. Because you, but then some of those guys were <laughs> and girls grew up would have been phenomenal entrepreneurs. Mm. It's the same way they would build an organization, but you don't have to go about going that route. Exactly. It, it, especially in today's world. I mean, there's so much out there, like yeah. like people like you that are passionate about giving to the youth. And if they get through the financial course mm-hmm. and they're exposed to it, you can apply that $500 like grant or scholarship towards, towards your, obviously, school. Exactly. And, it's, and once you start breaking the chains, you can, mm-hmm. you can, uh, they call it, um, my mom used to call me, um, <laughs> What's it called? Uh, she called me like the black sheep of the family. That's what she mm, called me. Yeah. I said, but the black sheep of the family always ends up being the goat. You know mm, what I mean? So yeah. I kind of like threw that back later on in life because, you know, it, as I grew with, you know, my entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and me getting exposed to a lot of different ways of thinking, mm. I was like, wow, man. Because, you know, of course, being in sales, as you know, my story, being in sales and getting to the top in sales. Well, I never paid myself a commission from sales once I went into entrepreneurship and I just built my organizations and obviously started looking at different ways of being able to leverage. Mm. And it changed the game for me. They're like, what do you mean you never paid yourself a commission? I'm like, well, I didn't have to. I built the company. Then yeah. I started building the company and then I started looking at other ways to invest. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I only pay myself 20% on what I make anyway. And that goes into a holdings company and it comes to like, what do you mean? And I start talking about this. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, this is how the rich stay rich and become wealthy. Mm-hmm. Then make the next step is living in an abundant lifestyle, like you mentioned, which I really, really like picked up on that pretty quickly in our first conversation. That's a whole different way of thinking for people. Exactly. Exactly. Like, because you know how it is. People will say, well, I really want them to be successful just as much as me. Well, their actions don't really prove that. Mm. And I can sense it pretty quickly with entrepreneurs that are only out to get and obtain things. It's not much more what you can get. It's about what you can earn through different types of income to save mm-hmm. them, multiply in different revenue streams and diversify. So talk a little bit. Of course, you got a workshop and you're doing a little bit more for online. You just launched yes. and that online kind of like um, it's kind of like do it yourself. So I yeah. think that's phenomenal. Go into, I mean, one of the reasons why you did that is because of COVID stuff and trying to look at different ways for maybe people not going into workshops that you do so well. Yeah, great question. So I basically I came out with this infinite wealth course, um, which is available on the jeffbadu.com website. But essentially within the course itself, you know, within our firm, so Badu Tax Services, we do tax preparation, tax planning, tax representation. Mm-hmm. And we also have another company called Badu Financial Fitness, where we do financial coaching. Now, sometimes a client may not be able to afford the service. Right. Yes. Let's say a brand new business owner just starting out, right? They're just starting out, brand new real estate agent, brand new insurance agent, whatever it is. And they're like, I just need something to get me started. I need something that's going to teach me about, hey, what are some of the compliance requirements for me as a business owner throughout the year? What is a tax write-off, first of all? And <laughs> right. what are some things that I can write <laughs> Number one, step one. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. It's like, what things can I write off? How can I turn my everyday expenses into business deductions, business write offs, so that I don't have to pay Uncle Sam, somebody mm-hmm. who most people actually pay, most of their budget actually goes to Uncle Sam. Yeah. Right. So that's part of it. And then it's like, okay, I'm not just going to teach you about taxes. I'm also going to teach you about how to turn the money you are making into wealth. 
So I'm going to show you about QuickBooks, right? How to stay organized during the year. And then I'm going to teach you about how do we turn that profit into budgeting throughout the year? How much money should I even be saving? How much should I even be paying myself during the year? And then how do I turn that into real estate investing? How do I leverage the profits into an income producing asset such as real estate? And then how do I protect my wealth through life insurance? Yes. Right? So that pretty much that three-step series, business, real estate, life insurance, essentially that's how I personally was able to build a massive amount of wealth. And so that's what I'm looking to teach others as well is how do they follow that same, that same three-step pattern. And then if they need additional help, they can say, hey, Jeff, you know, I watched your course. It's great. However, I need some more hands-on, some hand-holding. Mm -hmm. Then they can say, okay, now I'm ready for the tax plan. Now right. I'm going to put a financial coaching. So it's something to get them in the door, right? So the price, we pretty much, you know, we, we made it something that was for the people. Um, I actually spent eight hours during Memorial Day shooting the course. Did right? you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So pretty much, at least Memorial Day weekend, shooting the course. Nice and professionally designed. But it's something for the people. Something that's like, man, people keep reaching out. I need tax plan. I need financial coaching, but I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Well, here's an option that's an affordable option. Do it yourself. It's all online. And it's like you can still continue the wealth building journey that way. Right. I like how you did that. You kind of gave him a way in because I see I meet a lot of entrepreneurs and great entrepreneurs, but they don't have like an entry level type of pre-placement course or something. Because, you know, of course, they, they, I mean, I see a lot of these sticker prices and are all the same, right? <laughs> $29.99 or like 400000 like whatever, right? So and I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, you can't come up with a different number? Like, shit. So <laughs> anyways, anyways, make a long story short, but they don't have anything to bridge that gap. Yep, exactly. And bridging that gap, you're still going to make it open and accessible to anyone that really wants to learn. And that's a way for them to do it themselves. And of course, just have access to the information. Do you have like maybe like some like questionnaires that they fill out during that kind of like testing themselves on some of the literacy that has like as I'm watching them grow or is it just the videos and they go from there and then it goes into the next step? I'm just curious. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So the, the, well, basically there are a few assessments in there. That gotcha. They can take. And within the videos themselves, there's a bunch of notes. There's a bunch of things that they can capture. But we really want the you know, the person that's listening, the audience is to, first of all, give their undivided attention to the course. Like if they give two hours of undivided attention to this course, they will have a 10, 100 times upper advantage over their fellow business owners. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's yeah. So there, there will be some assessments and then there's going to be some other additional supplemental resources that they can check out as well. Gotcha. I mean, are you do you let me ask a better question. I was going to go somewhere else with it. Is it all just you in there or is it maybe some of your peers or people that you've helped out before? Yeah. So this course is just me. For just now. you. Got you. Got yeah. you. Yeah. That's something to build upon. I, when I was asked to do a bunch of courses, I actually mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Like mm -hmm. me shooting the, that's what all I've ever done is like shooting videos and doing all this stuff. And I used to be the guy that was writing it and then they would speak. <laughs> but it's different when you're doing it yourself. But exactly. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I was like, anything else you want me to cover right now? <laughs> like once I start training, that's where I get my fulfillment from is mm. helping people and really truly trying to get an understanding and grasping where in life are they not feeling fulfilled. Mm. But it, of course, it always goes with time and money. It's always going to go there first. But once I start teaching you how to acquire wealth, 
mm-hmm. then what do you do with it now? Like exactly. we got to protect your assets. Exactly. One, and then you, if you're not investing every day, like that's one of my favorite things to do, is at 9 a.m. every morning, I get an email of what I have available to invest. Mm. So you got to get it out. Yeah, tax man's coming. Yeah, tax man's coming. Tax man's coming. If you don't know how to write, dude, especially that's what I love that you said. The first step, write-offs. What can yeah. you write off? Exactly. <laughs> Like I'm writing off this conversation, you know. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like I go to dinner or whatnot, but like, so we're talking about this. Blah, blah, blah. What are you talking about? I just want to make sure that we talked about it. So there you go. <laughs> you can order anything you want. It's all good. <laughs> just having fun, man. But that's cool stuff. Like, where did you get your start in into entrepreneurship? Was it? I know it was at early age, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. For but sure. when was that? I guess when did it spark your interest? Like, damn, I'm really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, great question. So basically, right, when I was, it, it was pretty much I was a high school senior. Yeah. And I said, well, first of all, I need to figure out what type of career I want. So yeah. I said, okay, let me look at accounting. I had took an assessment in, in, um, in high school and they said, okay, well, you're good at X, Y, Z. You know, you're very analytical. Um, you're a great thinker. You're a problem solver. How about you become an accountant? And then I started doing my <laughs> research about accounting. They said it's the backbone to any business. Yes. Um, it's basically you'll always have a job or you always have stable income. Everybody needs an accountant. Uh, most CEOs, they say, have some sort of accounting degree or some experience exposure to accounting. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a CEO one day. I want to um, be a business owner. I want to help people in a massive way. And I want something that's stable. So then I built the business plan my freshman year of college at the U of I. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Building a business plan. I I, I talked to freaking 35-year-olds. I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, that is not a business plan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, I mean, I I built the business plan um, basically when I was 18 as a freshman at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, or U of I for short. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, I want to build, I had I had a profound love for taxes. Like when I started, not only did I do accounting research, but more specifically, I started looking at taxes in the form. I'm like, oh yeah, this stuff, I can fill it out. Um, at first it was a bit daunting, but mm-hmm. then over time, as I learned, I watched videos, YouTube videos. I mean, I was all over YouTube learning how to do taxes. It wasn't even college that taught me how to do taxes, really. It was YouTube. I love that. You know, just to interject just real quick on that. Mm -hmm. I was telling um, a good friend of mine, Lauren Tickner, she's a business partner of Winject Studios. And she has a school, it's called Impact School, and she's done phenomenal. She's 24 years old, multi-millionaire, done a phenomenal job, but she's so passionate about helping people Mm -hmm. and bridging that gap. So I've been working with her a lot of the sales side of of what I teach is it sales. When people say sales, I don't do that. I came from education world. You actually have to really qualify an individual. Shocking, right? <laughs> Shocking. So she was talking about it and I was mentioning to her, I was like, listen, there's a lot of different ways to go about making something happen. But people, when they show me that they really want it, they're going to do their own research. We live in a world right now. You can go on YouTube and learn how to do anything you want to do. Mm. Anything. But you got to know where to look. That's the problem. That's true. So That's true. like you... Like going online and looking, I'm more of a visual learner anyway. So if you show me a video, I got it. I got exactly. you. 
<laughs> but if you tell you if I had to read it out of a book, I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm gonna be in my head right now. I'm like, how do I apply this? Like, mm. like what type of learner are they more? Is it more visual and applying? Because I hear a lot of people when they listen to books or they read a book and they have a hard time implementing what they're learning. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I'm definitely a visual learner. Okay. Um, I like to I like to see the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like to see it. Um, I do. I so me like I like to listen, but then I also like to see. I think it's better when I actually see it. So mm-hmm. if I'm watching a video, I can see charts, right? I can see examples. I can see different things. That's a part of that. So yeah, for me, I'm definitely more on the visual learner side for sure. Right. Does as it get kind of one of those things where all accountants love spreadsheets? Um. <laughs> well, they learn to love it. I guess learn to love it. Learn to love it. Yeah, I did learn to love spreadsheets. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that I was the most unorganized individual as a kid. Mm. Like, and I truly believe it's just because I wasn't interested at all in school mm. at the time, what I was learning. I'm the kind of an individual that likes to be challenged and has to be challenged. For sure. Like you have to apply a lot of pressure to me, get me to move. Mm. I'm just one of those peeps. But a little bit later on in life, when I went to sales, I became extremely organized <laughs> because that's the only way to make some money. That's the only way to really do well. And plus education sales, you don't make, you can't make commissions. So that forces people to actually do their job. <laughs> so, and really qualify some money because you, you can't give them like a recommendation and they go into school and they don't do well. Now they're going to come back to your office like, Chris, Jeff, man, <laughs> I don't like this. Mike, well, that kind of is like a complete reflection on how well you do your job. What were some of the early, early growing pains when it comes to like that, when you're sort of taking on clients, mm-hmm. what were some of those type of like, Oh shit moments for you going, all right, well, I just learned that that doesn't really work. It's not going to help them beneficial short term and then long term. Like what were some of those type of moments for you? Yeah. So for me, when I launched the business in 2016, mm-hmm. um, I was, I believe at the time I was 24. Um, so I was very, very young, right? And it's, sometimes it's hard to trust a 24 year old, especially with money. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially with money. when you're dealing with money. So it's like, I had to put myself out there. So I actually was fortunate to get on a radio show, my cousin on a radio station in Chicago, and he invited me to speak one day. And next thing you know, I still do the show. It's called Money Talks, mm-hmm. you know, every, every Monday night that I do that. So with that, it allowed me to basically demonstrate my expertise to a lot of people, a massive audience. And then somebody said, well, why not stream live on Facebook and why not stream live on Instagram as well? So I started doing that and then I took that, you know, posted it. And so people now, more people can see it. Um, and then sometimes I would invite clients and leads and prospects like, hey, check this out. You know, just see, just see for yourself. Maybe you can learn something. Um, and then I also created the JeffBadu.com website that has the infinite resources, all the videos, blogs, my books, everything like that. So now it's like, hey, he's not just a 24-year-old kid who might screw up your, your finances or your, your taxes. Oh, my, you're showing it through demonstrations. Yeah, I, I get it. Exactly. Plus getting more exposure. The more you help people, that's going to give me more motivation. That's kind of the way I operate. I wish that mm-hmm. – I wouldn't say I wish – I just think that it, everything does happen for a reason. Everything's pre-written and when it's going to be mm-hmm. meaningful in your life. I think during my, 
like 20s and then going into 30s, I had a lot of like unresolved trauma and issues from my childhood and adolescent stuff that I, mm. I wouldn't have been beneficial if I, I guess if you say I wouldn't have been as effective as I am now when it comes to business. That's true. So I think everything does happen when you're not trying to rush mm. everything. That's true. That's I just, true. I, so when you start out, like I see a lot of this with entrepreneurs nowadays, especially the younger ones. Mm-hmm. I just want it right now, man. <laughs> I want it right now. I'm like, I'll say, well, you want it right now, but your actions aren't telling me this. Mm. You know, like this, when you don't, when you put in the work when no one's watching and no one cares, mm-hmm. like you don't get exposed later on. And mm. I think that's what's happened with you, especially when you just, you're able to show like, this mm-hmm. is what I can do. Like, and then not in like in a more of a braggadocious type of way. Yeah. Right. It's like, listen, this is the real life. This is what you do. And exactly. we teach people to make money. You put money in people's pocket. That's one thing I learned about business. Mm-hmm. If you have a, if you have a reputation of always putting money in people's pocket, mm. they will overlook some of the mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> some of the small mistakes because I'm I'm dyslexic. So like mm. me, sometimes I'll get a speak, it, and I'll say something a little incorrect. Like, listen, it's all good. You know what I meant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just extremely passionate. I can I can feel that coming from you. It's more of a, a nurturing in, energy of, mm-hmm. all right, man, like I got you. Don't worry mm-hmm. about this. Exactly. It's okay. It doesn't like really matter what the bad thing is. I just need to know. Is that mm-hmm. one of the things you had to learn over time of how to deal with a client as I guess overzealous and trying to be like, all right, I need to make this move. Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically in life, right, you, you'll make mistakes. Nobody yeah. was created to be perfect. I mean, Right now, I'm dealing with having a team where I have to basically shadow their mistakes in a way. Or I have to, you know, when a client says, hey, so-and-so made a mistake, you know, they're not trustworthy, they're not credible, whatever it is. Now I have to defend that person. So, yeah, you, you learn over time and it builds you. What doesn't kill you makes mm-hmm. you stronger. Right? 100%. If it doesn't kill you, it's going to make you stronger at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. It's about leaning into those types of moments. I mean, even, of course, and this is actually something big to actually talk about. I, don't, I think I don't want a lot of entrepreneurs actually talk about this, is that they're during their journey and their growth, and maybe potentially mm-hmm. they made some poor mistakes in their past. Mm. They think that they have to live with that scar, scarlet letter, their whole life. Exactly. Depending on, obviously, the situation, right? But when, you, when you, you have a dealt with an opportunity to grow from something, mm. and I look at those of... If you want to watch someone and know who they are, watch them try to overcome adversity. Mm, that's true. If you if so, I see, if I see the fight in you, I got you. That's who I want on my team. That's yeah. who I want. So <laughs> that's who I want, man. Because the one, because I'm telling you, entrepreneurship is difficult and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's strenuous. It's but it has breathtaking moments that make you feel like inside, like oh my gosh, I'm on the brink of something massive. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get faced with all that adversity. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm in a moment of like huge breakthroughs, I know when I'm on it because I've already mm-hmm. experienced them. So I'm like, I, I get faced with so much adversity from the outside source sources mm-hmm. externally. I'm like, all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm on to something now. So, and I get really excited with your team. And now that you have one, congratulations on all the success so far. And I look forward to seeing so much more. But with your team and you taking, I guess you would say, a different role in leadership, mm-hmm. but you had to start with leadership within yourself first. So I think that's, that's true. one of the things you exude. I mean, with sales or sales, I guess you would say in finance, two best mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, in my opinion. So, but when, 
is it something else you had to like learn through time and small mistakes, not really massive mistakes when it comes to leadership? I love that you fa- figured out the, I'm going to protect this person first. I, that's why I picked up on that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, overall, you know, when, when it comes to like just mistakes in general, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you made a mistake. You have to humble yourself to say, hey, I made a mistake. Then the bigger part, though, is communicating that to the client, saying, hey, client, my apologies, but I just discovered that this mistake happened. You know, it's all good. I will fix it. Right. I'm holding myself accountable. But sometimes clients want to hear that. They just want to hear, hey, yeah, I made a mistake. It's important. It's important. It shows maturity. Exactly. Yeah. And and it, it truly builds even more trust. You know, because how you overcome a situation truly is what defines that moment. It's mm-hmm. not the situation itself because a situation can happen. But if you're not doing anything to hold yourself accountable and own it and say, hey, I'll never make this mistake again and I'll fix the mistake for you. Right now, it's like, OK, he made a mistake. He was man enough to say I made a mistake and he fixed the mistake. You know what? This is somebody who I can trust. This is somebody who I want to do business with. And that's what we're trying to teach our team right now as well. I love that. Especially when you make a mistake and they don't even know you made one, you still humble yourself mm. and, and expose it. Exactly. That speaks exactly. volumes to me. It's kind of like, um, what I, just, I don't know why this popped in my head, but when I very first moved to England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just walking into, what is it? Grocery store, they call them little, like little grocery shops or whatnot. And I was walking inside and of course it rains every day here. So I'm walking inside and someone was, um, trying to put groceries in the trunk. They call it, mm. what is it called? I can't remember what it's called here. The boot. That's what it's called. Yeah. The boot. So, and the bag busted. And there mm. were oranges all over the floor, like ground. Ooh. And there was an older lady and I walked up to grab the oranges, right? I was like trying mm. to help her. She scared the crap out of her. She's not, wasn't used to someone trying to help. Right. <laughs> I literally watched like, like younger kids, like stepping over top of her. I was like, come on, bro. Like, man. No respect, right? But mm. the purpose of me bringing that up, I found that she dropped when she dropped all these oranges. She went to I put them all in the trunk, but I noticed when she went get in her car. Of course, they drive on the wrong side, right? So she went on this side. I mm-hmm. looked down and there was a wallet sitting there, and there was a bunch of money in there. Mm. I picked it up and I went knocked on the window and handed it to her. You should have seen the look on her face. Wow. In those type of moments, you know, I could have easily. Pocket right. the cash, or yeah. could have been whatever, and not not paid attention to it. But it's not it's not mine. I didn't earn this. But that exactly. speaks volumes when when I see that happen in business, and you do make a mistake. I I'll tell people, and this is one of the things that I've always done well when I got on a phone with the individual. I'm working with them in person. It doesn't really matter. It's like listen, I spend a lot of time and I invest a lot of time listening to calls. That's why mm-hmm. I record these. So yeah. I listen to them and I want to hear some areas of opportunity maybe potentially I overlooked and missed mm-hmm. and I'll stop the call like right before I get started. I'm like, Jeff, the purpose of today's meeting, of course, we're going to go into this and I, and I really appreciate you showing up on time. I took some time yesterday to really like immerse myself into the phone call and listen mm-hmm. for what maybe some of the things I didn't hear at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And I have to apologize to you, Jeff. I missed an opportunity. And if you don't mind, can we cover that in the very beginning of this meeting for mm-hmm. five minutes? Mm. no resistance but I'm, I don't do it because I'm trying to lower resistance and get them to trust me I'm showing it through my actions exactly, exactly. that goes a long way in business yeah it definitely does for sure like, 
Well, those type of moments, have you, do you teach your staff? And I'm, I'm, I, can, I can get a sense that you do this a lot when you're walking through people, especially when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And getting them to kind of understand the small details. Is those, is those like some of the things that you teach your staff? Um, yeah. I mean, so we have four core values. Number one is super hunger. Number two is mm-hmm. a strong willingness to learn. Number three is a burning desire for abundance. And number four is a burning desire for excellence. So those are things that team members usually, you know, they either embody or they're like, hey, they're close to embodying those principles. So with that, what we teach are, hey, you know, we don't necessarily, we, we teach by example. We teach by doing. That. Exactly. Because the thing is, we can, we can tell you, hey, yeah, when a customer does this, this is how you react, this and that. But sometimes it's got to happen. Right. It's got to happen. And it's like, OK, let me let me just monitor this person for a second and then let me tell them, OK, you sent this email to this client and said X, Y, Z. However, would you imagine if you had said this? I mean, how do you think it would go? So we always challenge them with questions. I like that. Said, exactly. That way, it's like you're forcing them to learn on the spot, basically, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you get an email to a client and it's like, man, was this person really thinking when they sent the email? Like, what's like, right. what happened there? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and I get CC'd in pretty much all the emails that, you know, the bad emails. So it's like, right. I'm always going to be notified. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that some of the team members didn't really know how much trust my clients have with me to the point where they say sometimes they'll, they won't even do it to be angry. They'll just do it to say, hey, that person you might want to talk to after yeah. this call. And that, that's something that most entrepreneurs never get to experience. Mm. never get to experience is someone that's how I view members of my community. And I view obviously the clients, they would look at me in a certain way of going, yo, you don't need this person around you. Mm. And they'll have that. They don't even judge you. They go, <laughs> listen, Chris, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. This is what's happening. Mm. And they'll bring it to you. Like more of a, like, I guess like a third party conversation. Like, listen, bro, I got you. Like, this is what's happening in your business. And I know it's not you and I know it's not how you operate. That mm-hmm. gives you all, that's a whole different level of trust there. Exactly. Whole different level of trust. But most people don't ever get to that spot. Mm. And true. I wish they would, but it's all about the small little steps. And I love that the, I called you talked about, um, like on a spot train, I call it need to need training. There's always need to need training going on. Always. Exactly. It's like, even when they're making a mistake, what did you learn? Mm. What did you learn? What did you learn? I'm like, what do you mean? What do I learn? I'm like, we need to fix the problem. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't need to fix the problem. Fixing the problem is not the issue right now. Mm-hmm. I first need to make you aware of what happened. Mm. Then you can accept it. And then now we can come up with the right plan. So when you remove yourself from it, you get a humble. And then, of course, you're looking at it more of a bigger picture. And you're like, oh, that makes that's common sense. I'm like, see, you're too emotionally involved in these damn things, man. Just relax. Yeah, exactly. Just relax. Take a breath. But that comes with obviously budget. You know, that's one thing I loved about what you said at the very beginning about where you're teaching some of the younger kids mm-hmm. how to budget. That's one. When I say budget, they'll go, well, yeah, it's my budget. It's how much I have available. No, 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 no. No. Okay. What, where are you trying to get to in life? Well, Chris, I can have, I have available. Um, I have passive. Well, I have seven credit cards and I have like probably like 110 available. Mm. Okay, great. 
well, the programs are X, Y, Z, right? Well, let's budget you down for the next three, six, nine to 12 months. Mm -hmm. And let's go into some other areas of, okay, oh, shit times. Yeah. Okay. You can't just go, oh, I want to buy this. And now next thing I'm like, dude, you're, you're recreating your own trauma and recreating the own same situation over and over and over. How much do you see that a lot with clients? Yeah. I mean, we, we see that quite a bit Yeah, um, where some, some people are just scared to talk about money and it's like, man. I used to be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, like your money is yours first of all. And it's like, like how basically I asked myself the question, like, how can you not hold yourself accountable when it comes to your money? And one thing I found out is just the mindset. They were, first of all, they were never taught about money. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't know something, sometimes you become really ignorant to it. And when you're ignorant to a situation, it makes it even worse because you don't know what's going on. Like you have no awareness, no transparency whatsoever. You don't know how much money you spent today. You don't know how much money was even brought in you know, today, yet alone this week or this month. And so, yeah, we see it all the time. And that's where I'm like, man, let, let's do some financial coaching, right? Let, let's meet for about at least once every three months. Let's lay out the budget. Let's determine a savings plan. Let's see some things that you can invest into. Maybe you're looking to start a business. Then let's, let's set, right. Let, let's set a vision. Um, and let's, let's track that throughout the year. Or now they can go through this course and say, you know what? I've, I've got a, I've got a head start now. I can do it. But overall, yeah, it's like you can't really help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah, because my best clients are the ones that are internally motivated to do better with their finances. They just need that extra handholding. They just need that extra boost. But the ones that you always have to motivate them, you always have to say, hey, check your budget. You know, make sure that you have three months in the bank and make sure you're investing your money and this and that. It's not going to Uncle Sam. Well, you got to keep telling them that it's like, man, like, what's the point? They're not super hungry. And that's why the term super hungry is in my purpose. Because that's true. I, I love that, that was people. the first one. I love that that was yeah. the first one. It's so true, exactly. man. That's the number one trait. I think that the ones that have an opportunity mm -hmm. to tap into the true potential to become great, to mm -hmm. Phenomenal to unstoppable. I think there's different steps after becoming great at what you do for a living. You can be great. And if no one knows who you are, what's the point? Then you okay. become great. And then you don't know how to leverage and mm. become a little bit more wealthy and teaching others. I meet a lot of great people that are so good at what they do, but they're so shitty at leadership. I'm like, mm. man, I'm like, just take some time, bro. Like relax, like just take exactly. a breath. And learn something new and they don't want to humble themselves and ask for mm -hmm. help. That's hard for people, especially when it comes to money. And that was something that I was avoiding for a while because I can always make money. Mm. Like, well, I don't have enough money. Well, I don't have enough income. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just go make more. Mm. Well, what was happening, Jeff? I was, I was overworking right. myself, chasing mm. money. And I wasn't, I felt like I was like in a never ending chase. It was inevitable. It was mm -hmm. like, it was like a conundrum. I was like over and over and I was just chasing, like chasing, chasing. Race, that so. was my first year in entrepreneurship Yeah, was I went from making one something a year in corporate America and then went from 700 K a huge jump. Well, I never made that type of money before. So I was yeah. just, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, I can just produce more money. Mm. Well, then I was left with a certain amount of after taxes and I did it the right way. But I was like, well, I don't know anything about entrepreneurship. This shit's difficult. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, luckily for myself, I was attached to a lot of great entrepreneurs that finance. And I'm like, yo, man, hey, what if I was able to, I don't know, like provide my services, me personally, for two hours a day for your mm-hmm. some of your leads and I close those leads. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to pay me any money or pay me any commission off of that. What if you're able to like maybe two hours of your time a week show me some things? Mm. I did a trade off. I got lucky. I didn't have to invest like 200K into something, <laughs> but right. I just got lucky. But it was actually a huge payoff for them because I did very well for them for a little while. And then I kind of understood the ballgame. I was like, what do you mean you can write that off? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can write that off? What? This, like, this is highway robbery. <laughs> I was right. like, I'm like, how do you not a house? How is not everybody else a millionaire right now? Like, exactly. Okay. Like, this is the stuff they should teach in school. And that's what I love about your, your message. And the first thing, hunger, man, you just got to mm-hmm. be hungry for you. Exactly. One, I mean, you put people in a position where it's life or death, mm-hmm. you'll see them move. Mm. Well, that's the f- number one thing that I think people don't take the time to really understanding with individuals. Mm-hmm. It's like, what makes you tick? And they're like, what I do you mean? mean? Yeah, it's good. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great well, that, that's a great question. Something I want to interject on. Um, me personally, what makes me tick yeah. is so. Long story short, between the age of eight through sixteen, I went through a very, very tragic time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had just moved to the U.S. and first time moving to America. Right, never been, never knew the culture or anything like that. And unfortunately, also, I was put into a neighborhood called Uptown in Chicago. For those who don't know Uptown at the time, it was very, very bad neighborhood to put a child. Um, you had a lot of somebody who just came from Ghana to America. Not only getting used to the neighborhood, but getting used to the American lifestyle in general. Mm-hmm. So with that, surrounding myself with the round crowd, right? You know, um, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of different, just a lot of negative activity that was going on. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 16, I went back to Ghana and I never knew it would be the most life-changing experience of, of life, basically, right? Where I saw a struggle firsthand. I saw a lady carrying not, you know, not just one baby, but two babies wrapped around her back. And then she had a huge load of apples, oranges, whatever it took to make ends meet. And I said, you know what? That's a super hungry individual. I can mm-hmm. see it. Right? I can see mentally that they're hungry. Not only can I see it physically, but mentally, I was able to tap deep within their mind. And I'm like, this person needs some infinite resources, right? Mm-hmm. Have, you know, had they had some resources, something to get them a boost, somebody to teach them, and they'll be far ahead, they'll put the babies down, send them to a daycare, whatever it is, and they'll probably be in the office, you know, doing um, business entrepreneurship, whatever it is, being on a podcast like this. So my why is, yeah. anytime I think of giving up, I go back to that moment and I said, is it worth it? Right. Is it worth me giving up on these folks? Is it worth me giving up on myself? First of all, Mm. you know, is it worth me? Because when I saw her, I'm like, first of all, I never want to go through that myself, Mm. nor do I want my family, nor do I want anybody to go through that because I can tell her eyes were as red as you can, that as it can come. Mm. Right. And, you know, in Ghana, we got the burning sun. So with her, I can tell like, you know what? She needs some help. She needs somebody to equip her or take hold of those infinite resources so that she can put the kids down, put the basket down, and go out and create an abundant lifestyle. Wow. 
that defining your competitive advantage as early as possible is key. Mm-hmm. It's key. If you don't, you have to have something extra to draw from every day. Mm. You have to draw from something. So what is that going to be for you? And that's why I always ask the question, like, what is that? What makes you tick? Because <laughs> exactly. that, that usually leads to the competitive advantage. But mm-hmm. I love that you already, you obviously already established them. Exactly. Like mine's my older sister was born handicapped. Like I watched her firsthand breathe through tubes and fight to breathe. And she couldn't walk. Mm. She couldn't talk. She couldn't do any of that stuff that we're given for wow. free. Right. Mm. So I later, later on, that's where I, I learned. I had my gift from me reading energy so well, like I don't have, to, I didn't have to learn all these sales techniques and all that jumbo. Like I know right. I can read energy with you mm. and I can sense when your intention's pure and I know when it's not. Exactly. You know, by the way, I'm asking questions, but of course I got a little bit better on like later on in life. And I started studying like the psychology and the biology behind the human brain, but you right. watching that firsthand mm-hmm. and pulling from that every single day when it's like, it gets hard, man, it gets hard, bro. Like it's not, it's all sunshine and rainbows, man. There's some days that it could be like, you can start getting to those type of numbers and having a massive amount of success. Well, then what happens is you'll end up, if you have a lot of unresolved issues, you could just self-sabotage because you don't believe that you deserve it. Exactly. Exactly. Is that something you tap into often to make sure that you're recalibrating that you deserve the life that you're creating? Yeah. I mean, I basically, so for me, I'm a very spiritual person. Me too. That's yeah. one thing that like I since that. so far. Um, so I can tap into the spirit immediately. I meditate a lot. I pray a lot, you know, um, and I also lead, you know, basically I'm in a choir. That's actually how I met my beautiful wife, Yvonne, um, by singing in the choir. And so with that. That's amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. That was like, just like American <laughs> story. It's like, what is right. that? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Do you mean Whitney Houston there? Like, so that's great, man. That's great. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> exactly. So basically that moment. So I wake up every morning as if I don't have anything. Right? I wake up with that that burning desire, that super hunger, and I'm like, I've got to go out and create something today. I've got to go get it. Nobody's going to hand me anything. right? I'm not a hand-me-down type of person. I'm about going out and creating. I'm about going out and getting results. And so when I, when I repicture that moment of the lady, and I'm like, first of all, I don't ever want to be in that position, in that situation where you're staring hot, you're staring into the burning hot red sun, mm. right? And you got two babies wrapped around your back and a huge load of apples and oranges. What is that going to do for your back? I mean, that's huge. Now she's strong, of course, but I'm like, man, like let's, let's put the kids down for a second. And so when I, when I, when I picture that, I'm like, is that what I want for my kids? Probably not. And is that what I would want somebody that maybe I'm teaching, somebody that I'm coaching? Would, would I want to see them in that position? I said, absolutely not. So that means I've got to go out and help somebody today, right? I've got to go help put somebody out of that situation today and equip them with the infinite resources in order to create an abundant, not a scarcity, but an abundant lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people live in that scarcity type of lifestyle, not just in a mindset, but only what they see is available. It's what you can exactly. visualize is actually what is available for you. And that only comes from what you're limited on in life. Exactly. That That's where the most people that I see mm-hmm. that are destined for failure in entrepreneurship. And I meet a lot of these when they come onto the show, not 
ones that like early on when I started bringing people on, I started identifying like, well, I only want to do this by referrals now. So, and I've only interviewed people that I know personally, like through other people, because I don't want to interview people in the show and spotlight something that I don't actually embody personally. So if they are focusing on something finite, then I'm like, ah, nah. So that's what the show is all about. That's why it's called the win-win effect. The people think it was a sales thing. I'm like, no, nah, man, you got to win. I'm going to teach you to win. That's my job as a CEO, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is to put people in a position to win. And how I put people in a position to win is I live in infinite game. Hmm. And this infinite game I call life and business, as long as I have these resources available, mm-hmm. we're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna win i can't wait man this gonna be fun man i can't i look forward to the future with you and seeing what happens i'd love to be on anything in terms of finance and could be like how the hell do you, i would love to do anything with you man i think that's everything i can read energy very very well and i know that it comes from your so it's so pure intention and congratulations on your um your wife by the way i think that's amazing what song was it when you were singing i mean it wasn't any particular song okay yeah it. it was more just like hey i joined the choir i was the first guy really i'm i'm actually really the only guy in the choir right now still um yeah still yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome so i mean i, I do sing one of my um, key songs is called god all by yourself mm-hmm. um and so that song usually like you know you see the church where they just rise up and and they're like you know they're, they're going crazy every time i sing that song um so yeah, with, with that, you know, it's like my spirit. I listen to gospel music so much that my spirit is extremely strong, right? It, yeah, it's I love fed it. with so much. And then at the age of 16 too, I read half the Bible hmm. and reading the, the stories in the Bible, for example, the Noah story, you know, um, the obedient one, they call it. I personally resonate with Noah the most in the Bible. Out of really? Everybody in yeah, Bible. exactly. Because he was, you know, he was obedient. And he just did. He followed the blueprint. He followed the steps that we, that he was told. And next thing you know, he became successful. As a matter of fact, he was the only person, right, with his that, family to yes. survive. <laughs> so. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, so if you want to model anybody, they <laughs> think that might be the one. That's what I love about. I'm actually I converted to Islam, um, 2001 first, and then didn't really practice going back. And then obviously, mm-hmm. me being in the UK become a little bit um, easier okay. to really take it in, right? And be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last 500 and something days, it's been the most challenging for myself because I felt that's where I've seen the most success and the most growth mm-hmm. that where, you know, of course you're praying five times a day. Well, you're alone in your own thoughts. And that exactly. forced me to really live, breathe and eat and sleep what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm leading by example completely. But anyways, I'm not, I know we got to run and we got to go for meetings and whatnot, but I thoroughly appreciate you coming on and sharing all the knowledge you did for the many listeners. And it's not about what we say, it's what they actually take in. Exactly. So I challenge all the listeners out there to really get an understanding, go to this guy's website, find us, we'll put it all in the show notes. But anything else you want to leave the listeners with today? I mean, I would say first and foremost, thank you, Chris, for having You're me. welcome on the Win Win Effect show. Um, it's always an honor and a blessing to be able to speak to a group of like-minded people. Um, and then also, yeah, my advice is really go out and get it. Find your purpose in life, find find your why, find something that makes you wake up and say, I'm excited to do today, right? Treat every day as if it's Friday, where you get super excited, it's payday, 
right? Mm -hmm. So treat Monday as if it's Friday, treat Tuesday as if it's Friday. So for me, I wake up every morning just thanking God for giving me yeah. the life that I have. And then also for, you know, just, just allowing me to fulfill my purpose in life. So try to find your purpose. And then if you can, right, if you can find something, find a way for it to add so much value to the world where it can impact billions of people. And right. what happens then is you'll receive something. You'll receive, you know, your, your fair share for that. So when you help more, when you give more, you get more. The only way you get is if you give. You can't get if you don't give. So my advice is really find your why and then try to give it so much that it's like, man, I'm, I'm burnt out basically. Like, man, I've given so much that I'm thankful, right? That, I'm, that I've fulfilled my purpose in life. So for me, every day, yes, I do take breaks, vacations and all that. But every day I wake up, I grind. I go out and, and get it. Whatever's tied to my purpose, I'm going to go do just like this podcast. Love it. I love it. And guys, if you don't, <laughs> if you didn't learn anything up until this present moment right now, I mean, that you just take that and go and apply yeah. it. And that's a blueprint for success right there. Boom. There Game over. Like we, once you come to that realization that we all are vessels, mm-hmm. that's all we are is a vessel. And you're speaking God's truth of speaking, whatever you're speaking. And as long as you're living and you're embodying that way of life, that's the way I look at any religion. It's giving you a blueprint to be successful. Exactly. Just follow the book, man, whatever book you believe. So just follow that book. Exactly. And, it, and at some point, <laughs> mm-hmm. you'll see something move in the right direction. And you go, wait a minute. This might, this might have a method to it. So anyways, mm-hmm. man, but I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you again. Guys, be well, be you, be great. Pay attention. Send a text message to 843-396-2104. I highly recommend you do, doing so as well, Jeff. That way we can uh, just forward the messages over to your team and then emails and whatnot. But other than that, man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Chris. Definitely appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. All right, guys. Peace out.